0: Hey guys brian davis and denny Saplier here from spark rental
1: hi everyone
0: happy tuesday so last tuesday denny interviewed attorney saj grubbs on how to protect your assets uh, especially in your golden years you know as you get older and accumulate more assets how to protect them Uh, i was actually on vacation in montana last week doing some hiking Uh, (laughs) this week we are diving into rent default insurance, how it works, how it protects your rents. uh, And we will also go over a couple other ways to protect both your rents uh, and yourself as a landlord, protect some of your liability. So as you guys join us, let us know where you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear that. And of course, fire your questions at us. This is a live interactive podcast, and it is just as much about you and your questions as it is about Denny and me up here talking at each other so this is a particularly timely uh, issue, you know, rent default insurance and rent defaults, because you know over the last fifteen months there have been record rent defaults in the U.S. and landlords have not been able to actually evict and enforce their leases because of the eviction moratorium, which the Biden administration announced uh, within the last week or so that they were extending one more month through the end of July, although they insist that this time is the last time, uh, despite it having been extended, or oh, what, three <laughs> times now, four times now? It's It's been extended repeatedly. Um, it's
1: like, one more time, one yeah, more
0: time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and you know, this is a big problem for mom and pop landlords who still have to make their mortgage payments. They are not protected under the foreclosure moratorium because they are not homeowners and they are in business as property owners. So they still have to make their monthly mortgage payments, but many of them have not, Collected rents in fifteen months, so you know, even before the pandemic, the the risk of losing rental income was still a massive uh, risk as as the landlord business model. So, Denny, let's talk about how rent default insurance works, how it protects you, why you should consider it, and let's just start off with what is a, a blanket definition, a, you know, broad based definition here. Of what is rent default insurance?
1: Well, basically. Um- when a tenant's in default, which means he's broken the lease or she has broken the lease, um, and owes money or damages or, or whatnot. Um, and it, you can get an insurance, which is amazing. Cause I've been in this business since way back and we had nothing like this. So <laughs> I think it's amazing. Um, but it protects you in case they don't pay their rent. So it provides you income. Regardless, um, and a lot of people don't go; they they don't invest because that's one of their fears. So this alleviates right. one of those fears. So
0: right. So to to put it in one sentence or less, uh, I guess there's no such thing as less than one sentence. In a <laughs> but uh, if the tenant stops paying the rent, the insurance kicks in and starts writing you monthly rent checks until you have replaced that tenant with a, a new paying tenant, uh, or of course until the tenant. Um, catches up, in which case you do have to pay the, pay the insurance money back the, the rent that you were that you received. Uh, but if the tenant uh, defaults and you have to evict them, then the insurance company pays you the rent until you evict them and get them out and uh, get a new tenant in there. Right. Um, by the way, Tim Dooley says Happy Tuesday. Hope you guys had a great Fourth. Tim, we hope you had a Uh-oh. great Fourth of July. Yeah, as well. Happy Fourth. And- And Tara Christine says hello from Long Island, New York. Uh, Tara, thank you so much for for joining us today. And again, guys, fire your questions at us as we talk about rent default insurance today because it is a new concept for a lot of Americans. This is actually a very standard type of insurance overseas um, in most English speaking countries and most European countries. All landlords get rent default insurance for every property, and it's just kind of part of the business. So it takes that element of risk out of the equation when you buy a rental property or when you convert your home into a rental property. It takes that risk of your tenants stopping making rent payments. It takes that out of the equation. So, Denny, how much does this insurance cost? Because that's uh, this is usually the first question that landlords ask right. when they're introduced to this concept of rent default insurance.
1: It's largely based on the rent, but um on an average rent of twelve to fifteen hundred, expect to pay somewhere around four to four fifty a year. Um, and I like to say budget it in. Um, Brian and I talk a lot about budgeting all the costs, even if you're self-managing budget management costs in. And if you're budgeting this in before you even purchase a property, or you're, you know looking at what you should rent it for, maybe throw a little extra in for this insurance, it kind of pays, you know, you're, you're double safe, I guess is is the best way to say it. Um, I'm going to put the our little handy dandy calculator in the chat <laughs> that um, I happen to really like.
0: <laughs> well, of course you do. We created it.
1: <laughs> but I always play around with it.
0: No, it's a great calculator. <laughs> So it's a totally free uh, rental cash flow calculator, you guys, um, and it includes a built-in mortgage calculator as well. Right. Um, so you can you can run the numbers for how much you can expect in, in monthly cash flow. Uh, and it also includes a cap rate calculator and a whole bunch of other numbers that are, uh, as, as Denny said, handy dandy. So, um, yeah, this is just one more cost to include among your expenses when you're running your cash flow numbers. Um, but again, you know, 400, 450 bucks a year for an average rental property. Uh, we're not talking about a massive amount of money here. And especially given that it, it helps you sleep at night, <laughs> you, you you know, it's one less risk. Can,
1: on and can you table. imagine like some of the mom and pop landlords that are hurting right now, if they had this in place already, it would be a whole different well,
0: oh, for them. Yeah. I mean, you know, people, landlords who have... Experienced rent defaults during the pandemic uh, and have not been able to evict their tenants, um, if you had this insurance, you would have been collecting a a rent check every month uh, from the insurance company. So, uh, you know, this is one of those policies, you know, like most insurance that, you know, you don't think you need it until you do and then you really need it. (laughs) So, uh, but once, once you know, you need it, it's too late if you, if you don't have it. So, right. And by the way, that cost is tax deductible. uh, So you can write that off. Uh, with your taxes each year, so which you know takes some of the effective cost out of it, uh, right. If you're not having to pay taxes on it, so uh, that's
1: even that's even better.
0: Yeah. So, um, Denny, what how, is how widespread is this? Like, are there a lot of companies in the U.S. that offer this? You know, where can people buy and learn more about rent default insurance if they're interested?
1: Well, there are. There was a lot. I think the pandemic took a few out, uh, unfortunately, um, but I don't think th- there's one big one that we work with um, named Steady, and I'll put that link in too. Um, but for the, there used to be quite a few more, but I don't know, to be honest with you, if the other ones are still operating, Brian, Um
0: yeah, so Steady is still operating. Um the other big one that we used to work with was Rent Rescue and they were forced to suspend writing new policies during the pandemic. They still honored their existing policies. Um but they they suspended writing new policies during the pandemic because they didn't they didn't know how long um the eviction moratorium would be in place and didn't want to be on the hook for 16 months of of rent payments. Right. Uh, you know, when landlords can't get these these erstwhile tenants out of their properties. Um, so whether they will resume writing new policies come August 1st, I don't know. Um, you know, we should actually reach out to them because we we used to have a relationship with them. Um, but we haven't talked to them in, e- in a year and a half since the uh, since the pandemic started.
1: Unfortunately. Uh,
0: so but Steady is still writing policies. Um, so Denny put a link to them in the, uh, in the chat and, um, you know, Denny, let's, let's walk through the mechanics of exactly how a claim works. Um, have you ever filed a claim with steady or, or one of these other companies?
1: No, I've been pretty lucky, Brian, but, um, from what I hear, it's not very hard. I mean, you basically are going to open the claim. So it's like opening an insurance claim. You're going to have to show them paperwork that you're not getting paid or how much you're getting paid. And I believe that have you Brian, because it's been a while. So I think that you have to put in that your tenants have to have a certain amount of credit. They have to be a decent, renter. So you can't go in and get, you know, a tenant who has 200 credit store and hasn't worked for five years and throw them in there and then put in a claim. So they're going to protect right. themselves.
0: So I, I have filed a claim. It's been a, it's been a couple of years years. Um, but yeah, you do have to provide the insurance company with your tenant screening reports Um because they, they're not going to accept just anybody. I mean, they don't want you to just take someone off the street who's willing to sign a lease for an absurdly high rent, right. even though they're nowhere near qualified to actually afford that rent. Um, but their standards are, are pretty low. I mean, you know, their their minimum credit score is, is I think it's in the 500s. I mean, it's, it's really low. Um, so, you know, as long as you screened these tenants, um, you're probably not going to have a problem. And if, and their study is very uh, transparent about their minimum requirements for um, you know for for income you know there's there's a minimum uh, rent to income ratio uh, which again is is pretty generous i I think it's a minimum ratio of like one to three
1: Um, right and you know this up front so when you're screening your tenants you already have this criteria so it's just something else that you can use to go by
0: yeah um and then you have to you provide them with a copy of the lease and this is all when you open the policy um which by the way you know you, you renew the policy each year as you sign a new lease, you know, whether you're renewing a lease with an existing tenant or signing a new lease, uh, with, uh, with a new tenant. So you provide, you provide the tenant screening reports and the lease agreements when you, uh, buy a policy or renew your policy. And then when you file a claim, I don't think, I think it's a, Two-minute online process. Um, from what I remember, yeah. you know, you go online. You, there's a couple of questions you have to fill out. Um, you know, you confirm any late fees that are due, any utilities, you know, back utility payments that are due to you, um, and that's really it. And, and you set the, you know, you enter the dates, of course, you know, when the default started. And then, as you go through the eviction process, you do have to keep the insurance company updated. Um, right. uh, you know, of and send them a, a copy of um the judge's decision at the eviction hearing and all you know that sort of stuff but it's it's really it's minimal kind of there stuff and not might, talking about a lot of paperwork
1: i think there is a waiting period before you get your first payment isn't it like 2 weeks or
0: well right it's not like they're going to overnight you the rent check uh, right. the, the minute that you submit your claim um but it's it's not long it's it's a week or two within a couple of weeks you'll have you'll have the rent check and then you know they'll they'll keep paying it every month uh, until you have a new tenant in there who's paying, so it's it's pretty easy. It's easier than you would think,
1: and it keeps your rent steady.
0: Yeah, but I'm ting.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, so that is that's one type of insurance. Now a lot of people get confused because there are several other types of insurance that landlords deal with. One of them being rental property insurance, which is uh, also known as landlord insurance, and. Denny tell us about you know what that is and just clarify how, how that's different from rent default insurance
1: well that's not really protecting your rents per se but it's protecting the any liabilities against the landlord for slip and falls or or any of that kind of thing fires um, damages anything that has to do with the building usually itself or people hurting themselves and that kind of thing. Um, most mortgage companies will require it. Right. And um, and if you own the property outright, I... I
0: you're still, you're, yeah, you should still have property insurance.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know what? I can tell you um, just a real quick story of somebody that didn't. And there was snow. It was in Philly. There was snow. And And a man slipped and falled and the person who I was managing for had to pay big bucks out of pocket.
0: Yep. Oh, so that wasn't even a property damage thing. That was a liability.
1: Yes. Huh. Yes. So.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've had properties uh, catch fire uh, and I've had massive storm damage, you know, and so just like you need homeowners insurance to protect your home in case of damage to your home, you need landlord insurance to protect your building, your rental property. Um, Now, one big difference is that. Rental property insurance does not cover the tenant's belongings inside the property. Mm-hmm. The way that homeowners insurance does cover your personal belongings. Um, like Danny said, rental property insurance covers the building itself, and it covers. It usually offers some liability protection for you as the landlord. Now, renters should get their own renters insurance, which does cover their personal belongings. Yes, uh, against losses, against theft, um, against. Uh, damage, you know, if the if if the building burns down due to an electrical issue, uh, that covers the renter's belongings. Um, and renters insurance can provide the landlord with a little bit of uh, liability protection as well. For example, if the, your tenant's dog attacks a neighbor, uh, the neighbor can go after the tenant, knowing that they have insurance that will foot the bill. Uh, If if the tenant doesn't have insurance, they might go after you knowing that you have more assets than the tenant does. So there is some liability protection there. You'd be
1: Really careful with the dog thing too, because if you're a landlord who allows a dog in that's against, you know, on those lists that they have, um, and then it could be that you are, yeah, you, you might even be footing the bill.
0: Right. Um, Now, by the way, uh, we did add a link in the comments here to uh, a partner of ours, a company called Sure, that does offer very competitive uh, rental property insurance policies. Um, And they do offer renter's insurance uh, policies as well. Not that you will be buying that, but landlords should be requiring their tenants to buy renter's insurance coverage and should provide the landlord with proof of coverage when they sign a lease agreement. Um, And the other way that that renter's insurance protects you as a landlord is if there's a problem at your property and it becomes uninhabitable temporarily, uh, the renter's insurance will usually house the tenants. They'll put them up in a temporary accommodation. And that means you don't have to pay for that, whereas you might have to pay for that um, based on your state's laws if the property becomes uninhabitable and the tenant's on a lease. You might be footing the bill for that tenant in, like, a hotel room or somewhere else. And those bills add up really fast. So,
1: and having the tenant, rec- making the tenant get this type of insurance to me is priceless because I can't tell you how many times over the years, you know, a roof has leaked and ruined a sofa or something like that. And the tenant immediately says, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna replace this? And it's right. nice to know that I have, you know, clause in my lease saying, uh, no, you were supposed to have this.
0: Yeah, yeah, they have somewhere else, someone else to go hassle for the money <laughs> rather <Right>. than you. <laughs> uh, now, there are a couple other things you can do as a landlord to protect against rent defaults beyond just buying rent default insurance. So Denny, w- what else should landlords be doing, you know, real quick here? Uh, to protect themselves against rent defaults?
1: Definitely screen, obviously. I mean, we we talk about that all the time. Um, you want to make sure not only that their credit is good, but, you know, check out how long they've been at their um, place of employment, because especially nowadays, that's important. Um, um, and another thing is that I'm finding out is real important is check their bank statements. You can ask a emo- States, And make sure they have a cushion so that if something happens like this pandemic, that you're not going to be, you know, the one suffering along. Yeah. It's just one less thing you have to worry about because, you know, you have a responsible renter who has uh, an emergency fund savings. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, if you if you do want to buy rent default insurance, you need to run those tenant screening reports anyway. Right. <laughs> so that's true. Um, you know, these these all work hand in hand to to protect you and to protect your rental uh, income. And then uh, you know, Denny, people also need to sign a lease, right? So yes. You know, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know, we we we've, we we've talk quite a bit about a lot of the clauses that need to be included in a lease if you actually want to get real protection out of it. Um, But yeah, Denny, Denny, give them a a few quick thoughts on, you know, what do people need to know about a lease um, to make sure they're protected?
1: Well, I mean, I had said it before earlier that um, if you have in your lease that you require or you strongly suggest that they have renter's insurance and if they don't, you are not responsible for their personal belongings, that's a protection against you in case something like this happens.
0: Absolutely. So
1: you don't have to worry about it. So Elise least helps with that. Um, with eviction and whatnot, especially everything that's going on right now. If you're in a state, Pennsylvania is one of them where you can get a waiver of notice. So then you can just go right to court without having to send the official notice. So as soon as they lift this ban, you can just rush to the courthouse. You don't have to send notice. Before at the this
0: backlog. Point. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, that's also helpful and you got to check your state, you know, not all states allow you to do it, but it definitely get you to court quicker. And then you want to make sure that you can collect attorney fee, attorney and court fees and back rent. All that should be spelled out in, in your lease. Cause one of these days you'll be able to get to court and get this money from them.
0: And, Hopefully in August. Yeah. And you know, by the yeah. way, we will be, we'll be doing an entire episode about, the end of the eviction moratorium at the end of this month, at the end of July. Um, you know, we, we were joking earlier, but we actually do believe mm-hmm. the Biden administration when they say that this was the last time that they're extending this eviction moratorium. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk through all the implications of the end of the eviction moratorium and what landlords need to be prepared for before August 1st. So, um, yeah, the last Tuesday in July, sit down with us and we're going to talk through that. Uh, and all of the implications of that. Uh, Denny, anything else that you want to go over regarding rent default insurance or any other types of insurance that landlords should be having to to uh, protect themselves?
1: Just to make sure, I mean, check check your policies as well um, on your own, you know, the property insurance, landlord insurance, whatever you want to call it. Look through your policies, don't assume anything because you don't want to have that surprise when somebody tells you, oh no, that's not covered. So right. check your policies.
0: All right, guys. Well, let us know what you want to hear about in the coming weeks. We are here for you. And on that note, happy Tuesday, have a great week. We will see you next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Have a going.
1: Have a great day.
0: Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long but packed with information, visit slash learn for instant access. And please, don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side.